Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Um, it looks bright out there today. Still going to be a hot day, unfortunately. But there's promising signs in the future. Wednesday of this week, the weather stations are reporting as high as an 80% chance of rain. And we so desperately need it. With that rain comes a decrease in temperatures, where the highs are going to be in the low to mid 80s. And the nighttime lows are going to be below 70. That's growing weather. That's Man, let the plants go. They'll be just fine. Um, Unfortunately, Sunday, Monday, much of Tuesday, we're really going to be pretty hot. 95 and 96. The first couple of days of October, that is too hot. That is way too hot. We would like to see much cooler questions, uh, excuse me, much cooler temperatures where we can hope for the best, but doesn't look so good right at the moment. What are we doing? What are we doing out there? We're going to have hot weather. There's not a lot you can do yet. Can you go and trim plants? Yeah, if you want, if you want. Just cut off dead or trim them back. But right now it should be kind of evaluation of what's going on on your property. It is for sure that we're probably going to lose some plants. And we're not really sure if they're just reacting to what was a brutal Drought, summer, hot, dry. Some of the plants, it's a defensive mechanism. They're going to look poorly and because they don't have all the energy they need to keep those leaves on or keep them looking good. It could be that the lack of rain has been terrible and really hard on the plants. We need to evaluate that. We need to walk around our property and look and make notes as to what doesn't look like it's in place, what doesn't seem to be doing good, and wait for the rain. We're going to be looking at real quantities of rain, finally. Um, Coming this week, with a drop in temperatures, that will really truly help almost every plant. Like I said, I have left my roses alone. I was quite sure, I was quite sure they were dead. Could not see any green on them, no leaves, no none of those new red leaves that they produce. Nope. 
I pretty much wrote them off. And then over a week, I got two and a half inches of rain, and I have all new growth on the roses. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's dead branches on there that I'm going to have to cut off. But right now, they're coming back. That's mostly, that's mostly from the temperatures, the lack of water. They were well-established roses. You will have the same thing with your trees. We really need to get out of the mindset that brown leaves mean the tree is dying. It is not dying. A well-established tree can turn the leaves brown, but they'll produce new ones. So you have to you have to take that into account. Brown leaves do not mean a dead plant. Don't default to mean a dead plant. Is it possible that the plant died? Yup. But you don't know yet. You can't understand how important rain is going to be. It's going to bring everything back. All of the plants are going to be like, oh man, that's real, that's real rainwater. That's the right pH. That's the right slow soak depth that I'm looking for. Some of your plants are going to look horrid and it will take them a season to come back. So keep that in mind. Please stop doing the default. I have brown leaves. Can I save my whatever plant? Or I have brown leaves. How do I stop it from dying? It's not dying. Don't make that kind of leap that, oh my gosh, this is a wasted plant. I, I, I'm going to lose it. No, it's simply reacting to the environment it's been in. And the environment it's been in has been pretty poor. Way too hot, way too dry for way too long. This week, I hope they are correct. The weather reports are all pointing to a drop in temperature and a drop of a lot of rain. And that's what we want to see. That would be the best condition to turn everything green again. I have a couple of trees that I was really questioning, especially a loquats. Lots of suddenly brown leaves on them, very little green. Got a little rain and I can see new growth coming. So stop thinking that a brown leaf means the plant's dying. It's simply reacting to its environment. And if we get a happy environment, cooler temperatures and rain, it'll replace those leaves. And we need a lot of rain because don't think that we get some rain that the watering restrictions are off. The lake is less than half full. We will need more rain than just a little bit. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back. 
This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, what have we got coming up in terms of planting dates? Well, normally we would be saying, well, yeah, we're doing the fall garden. We should have already planted it. you got to remember, the planting guide is a reminder for you. Not your plants. It's more of a, hey, look, we would normally be planting this about the end of September. If the temperatures were normal. You have to use some common sense. You have to use some common sense of your own to determine, well, you know, it says I should be planting this October 1st, but the temperatures are way higher than they normally would be. So maybe I want to hold out just a little bit. Remember, The guide is for you, a reminder to start thinking about your plantings. Plants cannot read. They will determine when their time is to germinate. These soil temperatures are still really high. Some rain will help lower them. That will help us out a lot. But until that time, Still use common sense. The guide has some plant this now, plant this now. It's not set in stone. Again, it's simply to remind you what needs to be planted. You may wind up going, oh, it says on this day, and you look outside and it's 10 degrees hotter than it's supposed to be. Maybe it's even more than that. And it's miserable and you don't want to deal with it anymore. You can still hold off. Our fall garden is one of the most flexible in terms of timing. Usually you can plant multiple harvests of some of the fall plants. You can plant uh, a row of broccoli and two weeks later plant another one. You can plant a row of beets or carrots and then Every couple of weeks, plant another row. Gets you a, it gets you a full garden. Nothing worse than planting so much that you're like, I can't eat all of this. That happens a lot. That, that really happens a lot. There are a lot of people who, you know, well, I got this much garden, I need to plant all of this. Well, you can, you you can, but your efforts are wasted if you don't have a good preservation routine set up. Not all of the 
fall crops do great job at being uh, preserved. I don't know of any way to preserve lettuce. You pick it, you got a week, maybe, keeping it in the fridge. Carrots? Hey, you can leave them in the ground. Same with beets. Pick them when you need them. Don't have to pick them all at once. It is kind of strange to plant a whole bunch of beets unless you are really, really into a whole bunch of beets. But we are starting later every year. What we thought was the right time isn't necessarily the right time. We have to adjust for that. And finally, again, crossing our fingers and hoping the weather guys got it right, we are going to have cool evenings. Right now, one of the weather stations says the low for the night is going to be 59 degrees. 59. That's going to be amazing. It's going to feel so good. And your plants are going to be thrilled by it. And following with this quantity of rain that we're talking about, that's going to be great also. Cooler temperatures mean the plants don't need as much water. Getting rain with a good deep soaking, a high quality water like that, will soak the soil well and will get us to a great start on the fall garden. But don't assume that your little planting guide is giving you exact dates of when to plant things. Not necessary. It's a guide. It's targets. And it's more like during this part of the month, this is probably a good time to go and plant plant the, the, the crops that you've been looking at. Now, one of the bad things about the fall garden is there's the overlap. There are still some summer crops taking up space. You may and pro probably could still have tomatoes in and are looking forward to a later crop of tomatoes. That's fine, they are taking up space, but they are productive, so it's a fair trade-off. As we cool off, you're gonna find that okra and melons are just not gonna be the best of the best, probably eggplant too. You reach a point where it's, they're producing crops They're producing something worth harvesting, but not a whole lot. And maybe you already reached your limit as to how much you really want those. So we're gonna be winding up swapping out growing spaces um, one plant for another. If you're lucky, and you've had enough space, 
you can probably overlap your garden, meaning you'll still have tomatoes while you're putting in brand new green beans. You'll still have um, melon on the vine that's been there most of the year while you're trying to put in beets or carrots or the fall crops. But if not, you've got to make a decision and make the choice. Do you want to keep growing certain plants? There's really a law of diminishing returns. Sometimes you start winding up where you're looking at plants and, oh, they're still growing. I, I want to keep them. But are they? Are they really producing heavily enough for you? Do you still have a desire for some of the crops that you're growing? If not, you can turn around and pull them out. Now remember, legumes like black-eyed peas, southern peas, you do not pull the roots out. You cut them flush because the roots have stored up nitrogen that the plants have connected, uh, have collected, and you want that nitrogen to be re-released back into the soil. If you pull the roots, you wasted your time with the plant. Because when you pull the roots out, you pull all the nitrogen out also. You can have a really hot compost pile that way, but you're doing a lot of work if you would just leave the plants in the ground. Cut the tops off, throw those in your compost pile, but leave those roots for the legumes in the ground to return that nitrogen back to where it needs to go. The nice thing is some of our legume crops, we can plant other plants right among them and they'll grow just fine. You do not have to have a bed with nothing but cover crop. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. We need to take a break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um... Hoping for better weather is really going to make a difference for us. Although somewhat disappointing. Um, now i got to go back out and mow the lawn. Haven't had to do that all summer. Didn't complain. But now i got to go out and mow the lawn. And probably first need to go and weed eat. Because it's strange. Um, the grasses that are coming up are really tall. <laughs> So I have to go and take care of cleaning up the edges before I do and start mowing the grass itself. I'm going to probably wind up fertilizing uh, by the end of October. I'll spread a good fertilizer with the hopes that it will get my turf going 
better than it has survived. That way I'm trying to get ahead of next year, hoping that next spring rolls around, the fertilizer I put out, what we wind up with is a nice, rich, green lawn trying to come up. I have no doubt that I'm going to have some dead spots. Going to have to fix them. And that's usually pretty simple. If I have a spot in the yard, just about any size spot, one of the easiest things you can do to get it to recover as a turf grass is to spread some compost on it. It will revitalize the turf grass. It will boost all of the biome, all of the little critters that do their job to make the grass grow. And it will help where there is grass will start to fill into the areas where there isn't grass. And it can wind up recovering your lawn very easily. It's not a lot of effort, not a lot of cost in most cases, and it's a good way to start bringing things back. So you're, you're not letting things actually go completely dormant during the winter. Now, turf grasses will tend to stop growing green leaves, but you have to understand they don't stop growing roots. The more roots they have, the thicker the turf. The thicker the turf, the fewer the weeds, the more consistent the soil is. It really benefits to take those steps to work back and understand that, hmm, well, the grass is dormant, so I don't need to do anything. Not true. Not true. This is a perfect opportunity to do things that improve the soil or provide nutrients to the grass roots to get them to start growing bigger and bigger so that when we do get warm enough and the grass does pop up and start looking green, we'll be able to take care of it. We'll have something to look forward to. Not difficult. And uh, you can do this in just about any bad spot if you've got turf. Not really important what caused the bad spot. You'll create an environment that the grass wants to grow in. And that's really the key there. If you can get the grass to grow, that's the only goal. And you can get it to um, fill back in on its own. Now, let's say you've got a pretty big turf and it's looking green and etc. And you only have a couple of spots that just aren't doing really well. You can go out to the good part of your turf grass and take a, a shooter shovel, one of those long ditching shovels. You can take one of those and cut down into the turf. Make a square, like a four by four square. 
and work it up so you picked it up as a single piece of sod. Go to the bad part of your turf and cut a hole and lift up all of the dead grass so that you're down to bare ground. Set your four-inch piece of homemade turf down in that hole and water it well. Let it start being um, expanding like you would if you were doing sod. You're just doing really small pieces of sod. And it can work at cleaning up some bad spots, some places where you really wanted better performance or you got that spot that no matter what you do, I, you just can't get it green. That's a good way to get it going. Try your own turf that's already growing there and seeing what it can do. It's not a lot of effort. It's not a lot of work by any means. And the return is pretty good. You don't have to go buy pieces of sod. I, I say you don't have to. That is another way. You can get individual pieces of sod and cut them to fill some of the bad spots. But why not use the grass you already got? The hole you make that you cut out some of this uh, turf to transport transfer to another place will fill back in on its own because it's surrounded by good grass. The place you put it that had a bad spot, it'll start to grow out and fill in the bad spot. And you get a better return that way. It's nice that rain is coming. I know that people will be talking about, when can I put down sod? Um, this cooler temperature this rain coming is a great ID for time to put down some sod. Just understand something. Depending on the type of sod you are putting down, most of the sod in Texas, St. Augustine, Bermuda, Azusa, will go dormant during the cooler weather. Meaning you can be putting down sod and it'll turn brown here for fairly quickly. Now, again, we go to the point that it's dormant, but it's making roots. So it'll be ready to go and start turning green when spring gets here. But putting sod down now, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a long time of green turf it's going to start backing off. And it's still setting roots. It's still growing longer and longer roots, but it's just not gonna look that great. So that's part of the problem with doing sod, a big sod project, this late in the year. With the rain coming, it means less water required by you to get the sod going. But it also means we have a shorter growing season, per se, 
because it's uh, going to get cooler. Can you believe that? We have just spent 90 plus days complaining about the heat, and now we have to turn right around and worry that we're going to cross into some temperatures <clears throat> that are going to be cold, at least cold to our turf grasses. And they're going to start not being as green. They're still growing, just not as green as you might have wanting, wanted them to be. Just can't win around here, can we? It's either too hot or too cold. I uh, got texted a question. The answer is an immediate yes. You can still put pre-emergent on your lawn. This is not a bad time at all to do it. If you can get it out there and we don't get flash flooding events, it will stick to the ground well and start doing its job quickly. But yes, you can do your pre-emergent on your lawn. So uh, it is a good time for that. You may wind up doing it again around the 1st of March, end of February. You could technically do um, pre-emergent every month of the year. There's always some kind of weed trying to come up, but that's kind of expensive. So we target two time frames to get the most bang for your buck. Middle of October, end of February, beginning of March. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Getting asked a question, and it's kind of it's kind of difficult to explain. Maybe one of the things I get asked is, I want to use cover crops, but they are asking about crops that generally aren't considered cover crops. So what are we getting out of that? Well, there are crops you could plant that would create organic matter, okay? And you could leave it in the soil and it'll wind up decomposing. It'll take some time, especially if you're using some kind of tuber or root crop as a method of uh, creating the organic matter. And you're hoping for it to uh, break down in the soil. The second thing is you got to think about the tops of the plant. And by that I mean, do they spread out? Do the leaves spread out enough to cover the soil? Remember, part of a cover plant is to cover the soil, to preserve water, and to block the sun from allowing weeds to germinate. 
So you want largely plants for the most part or plants that grow really dense together so the leaves of one plant and the other come together and you're you're blocking sunlight from the soil. We we call the crops we have cover crops for a reason. For hundreds of years, we've been using them to get that purpose, to recover the soil, preserve water, block the sun, etc. Can other crops be used? Maybe, but why are we reinventing the wheel? So what we want to do is you want to use the cover crops for their purpose. Scavenge nutrients, cover the soil, preserve moisture, prevent weeds. Now, things like clover, the argument is, well, how, how dense is clover? You're not planting clover by the seed, okay? You're not going out there and cutting a trough uh, and doing one seed every couple of inches. You really, clover seed is very small. You would toss it like you would um, chicken feed and try your best to spread it out. A lot of people will mix it with sand to get a better um, spreading ability of the product. And the clover will grow in clumps and clusters that will cover, that will cover the soil. Now, being asked if it's a good time to fertilize before the rain. Yes, especially if you are using a, uh, a good organic granular fertilizer, it will break down and leach into the soil for you when the rain hits it. And that'll be perfect because your turf will be ready to get fired up again. Cooler temperatures, wet, uh, wetter soil. This would not be a bad time at all to fertilize your turf. Now, this is a question, and uh, this is kind of new, but what should you use as a pre-emergent besides corn gluten? Well, corn gluten is the only organic uh, pre-emergent that I know of. There are plenty of weed and feed products out there. I'm not going to recommend any of them, but if you want a pre-emergent, an organic pre-emergent, corn gluten is the only one I'm aware of. Now, if somebody has another, I'd sure like a hint on it because corn gluten can be pricey. But remember, corn gluten is also, also an effective fertilizer. So it stops the weed seeds from germinating and it feeds the turf. Is it safe to plant uh, clover now? You know, can you give it a week? 
the the temperatures are still going to be kind of high. And if you let it rain and then put out clover, it will work. Um, it will work better in terms of germinating. It's a little slow to grow too, so be patient with it. Um, it, it, it can take it some time to really fill out for you. So uh, be patient with the clover. But when it does and when it blooms, it is striking. It is so beautiful. Ooh, the hummingbird question. This always turns up at the end of the season, doesn't it? When do you take them down? Because not all... But many of our hummingbirds migrate. Not all of them do. The problem is um, you're not sure which kind you're getting. If it, it should be no big deal. Um, my three and a half year old granddaughter mixes up hummingbird nectar for us to feed the hummingbirds. We keep putting it out, even though we have a ton of flowers, which they hit on, and they are doing just fine. But, oh, a note. My wife just sent to try. Keep putting it up for a couple of weeks. If you go two weeks and you don't see any hummers, it's probably safe to take it down. That would be a good timing. That makes sure that you're going to have uh, the hummers taken care of as they need it. And sometimes you may pick up the ones that are migrating. They happen to be going through your property on their way out of Texas. So keep putting it up for now. And once you've gone about two weeks, and there have been no hummers, especially if you normally get some. That's a good time. Ah, that's a good time to um, take it down. One thing about it is the last hummers you see are probably juveniles. And they will need that extra food. So wait until they stop coming. Don't just take it down. There's still hummingbirds hitting that feeder. You need to keep it up. They will be well rewarded. They will be healthy. Uh, and they will be able to make their migration and come back next year. And you can get to enjoy them then. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. It's the uh, top of the hour. I need to break for the news. We'll catch you on the other side.